Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Romans 8, 18 through 39. Starting with verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's many ways we can compare our sufferings. Um, we can compare a suffering by another suffering. You know, one um, that we may have gone through in the past. Um, uh, we could say, um, compared to that one, this one's not so bad. Or, wow, compared to that one, this one's not so tough. We can also compare with others around us by saying, compared to what she or he has gone through or going through, this one's not so bad. Or, this one's a doozy. In any case, this can help in this situation or cause more fear to develop. Now let's put it in the right perspective that Paul is trying to show us here. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, Paul is saying here, compared to what God was uh, what God has waiting for us, as his children, it doesn't even compare. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So not only can't we um, compare the sufferings to what awaits us, but even what we see as good or beautiful here in this world. You know, for instance, like Niagara Falls. I mean, that's breathtaking. Um, the Grand Canyon, my wife and I have gone there. It's just, pictures does not do it any wonder. It's just amazing. And for some, um, horses running in a field. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. Um, Beautiful beaches with crystal clear waters. The laughter with your friends or the laughter of children. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I'm sure you can too. But none of it comes close. And as we continue reading, we will see that. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever ask God, why? You know, why God? Why must I suffer? Why must we suffer? I know I have personally. All the answers to life are right in this book. And the answer to that question is in there too. Let's go back to a, a verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, I know that could be a little confusing, so I'm going to read also the New Living Translation, too. It helps it to come together. 
And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. In other words, as his children, as Christians, to be identified with Jesus, along with the treasure comes suffering. So if we are to share in his glory, we also must share in his suffering. And to compare with awaits us in heaven to these sufferings on earth doesn't even come close. Since we know the Bible was written through man, but inspired by God, like in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And if we are to go back to that question, why? Why must we suffer or why should anyone suffer? The answer is, if you are a child of God, you identify yourself with Jesus, the answer is God says so. God says so. John fifteen eighteen states, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before I hated you, before it hated you. They hated Jesus first, and many still do to this day. So if we choose to live for Jesus, why in the world would we think it would be any different for us? Another quick point. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Through our sufferings, not only are we comforted by God, but now we can be used to comfort others going through the same thing. So if you are being attacked by Satan or being tormented by someone in this world, you're doing something right. Because if you choose to conform to the things of this world, Satan will not bother you. He's going to leave you alone. He only messes with those who feel he feels threatened by. Christians, should we be heeding the wisdom of this one verse? Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
regardless of the attacks that you receive in this world, the persecution, we Christians need to be Christ-like in all that we do here. We are called to do it. We are commanded to do it as God's children. Let's continue in verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits, or waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We will know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Sin has caused all creation to fall from the perfect state in which God created it. Now the world is in bondage to death and decay so that it can't fulfill its intended purpose. And as Christians, we see the world as it is, physically decaying and spiritually infected with sin. And we see it all around us. ISIS is a good example, but bad. And this could be another way we could compare ourselves as Christians. We can look at ISIS, and we're going to look darn good. We can always justify our means. And compared to these people, we are not that bad. We can always find someone in this world who make us look better or worse. I would say that that is the easy way out. Because then you can say, stay right where you are at. You can convince yourself, I'm good enough. Christians, now let's get down to reality. Now use Jesus as your comparison. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can say ISIS or those like them deserves what they get. And granted, they do. But remember, so did we. And by God's grace, we were saved. We are no better. And let me ask you this. Watching and seeing all this going on around you, is it scaring you? Do you have a lot of fear? 
For those of you Christians who said yes to yourself, we don't have to. And we shouldn't be focused on that. Why, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible tells us that a future glory awaits us. Something so much better, a new heaven, a new earth, which God has promised us, his children. A new order which will free us from a world of sin, sickness, and all this evil. Matthew 14, 25-32. If you want to go back a few books and follow me, you're welcome to. That's Matthew 14, 25 through 32. Starting at verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately God, uh, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was uh, boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Brothers and sisters, let's not be like a Peter. Like when he was asked by Jesus to walk on the water and come to him. While his eyes was fixed on Jesus, he stayed above water. He was fine. But as soon as he started to focus on the storm around him, the fear took over and he sank. Let me ask you a question. What is it right now that you may be going through and you're only focusing on the circumstances around you? The fear has kicked in and you're sinking. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Need I repeat that? The last part, for the Lord will... 
Your God is with you wherever you go. No matter what you may be going through or may go through, God is with you. Again, if I have been describing you, I suggest you stop looking at the storm around you. As Jesus reached out his hand to Peter to pull him up out of that water, the same hand is reaching out to you also. Reach out and grab it. And allow him to walk with you through whatever you're going through. In the midst of the storm, he will be with you every step of the way. You know, as for myself, I can tell you I personally have been through many trials. Um, I've gone through divorce. I've lost my job. I've suffered anxiety. And other things I can't even share with you. And I sank just like Peter at times. But you know, as soon as I focused on the Lord, I gave it all over to him. And I reached out and grabbed his hand. He carried me through it. And he could do the same for you. He did it for me. I finally stopped focusing on the circumstances and focused on the one who controls them. And then I had a peace that surpassed all of the understanding of this world. And you can't explain it any other way, but it's supernatural. Because I should have been going crazy. And what's even more amazing is that he uses me now to comfort those in need. That really blesses me. Even though I wouldn't have prayed for those things to go through, for me to go through, God is still using them. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Because I have been able to encourage people out of situations that really have blessed them, which bless me. He will give you the strength to get through whatever you may be going through also. So lean on him and all his promises. He is faithful. And he loves you more than anything in this world. Let's continue in verse 23. Verse 23, not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we, ourse- we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, for the redemption of our body. Amen to that. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? 
But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Let's focus on the hope that awaits us as his children. And not focus on these things here. Focus on the hope that awaits us. And waiting with anticipation. With confidence of God's perfect timing. Knowing we serve a God who never goes back on his promises. We can just be impatient and untrusting. And we forget the God we serve. And he promised us a new heaven and a new earth awaits us. Something more glorious than anything the world has to offer. And again, no sin, no sickness, and no evil. That's going to be glorious. And to be in the presence of our Lord for eternity. I can't wait to meet him. Let's continue, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hey, you know, we all have moments of weakness. We all have it. But we are told here by God, who sent us the Holy Spirit, who we have interceding for us. Thank God. Praying for us. Lifting us up. If that's not hope, I don't know what is. And I have in two explanations here, yay. It's hel- helping us in time of weaknesses. You know, he's there those times when we feel alone and scared. He already knows we don't always know what to pray. He already knows it. But the Holy Spirit is there to take up the slack. He's got us covered. And we need to lean on those. Especially in times of trouble. Now let's continue. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God 
to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. No matter what is going around us, going on around us, or even in our own lives, some things work together for the good. Is that what it says? No, no, not at all. And that's a big explanation in my paper. No, that's not what it says. For all things work together for the good to those who love him. All things. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, God is working it towards the good and will. And you may not see it now, but you need to lean on that promise. And he will use you if you're available. Got to make yourself available to be used. You know, I want to read lyrics of a song written by Tom, uh, Chris Tomlin. I think it fits right in with what we're pre- um, te- I'm teaching here. It's called Whom Shall I Fear? Now, it's not the one that we just sang. This is God of Angel Armies. It says, You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the army underneath my feet. You are my sword and my shield. Though troubles linger still, whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever he is a, good, a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me. Yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. And nothing formed against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I am holding onto your promises. You are faithful. You are faithful. And nothing formed against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I am holding on to your promises. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. 
The God of angel armies is always by my side. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The God of angel armies is always by my side. I love that song because it really touched me when I first heard it. Something about songwriters is usually a songwriter writes about their own experiences. And what that tells me about Chris Tomlin, he probably experienced something. He needed to hear the song himself and God spoke to him. Who do we have to fear in this world? He's got an army of angels on our side. What do we have to fear in this world? You know, you may have even sung this song many times, but have you really, really heard what the song really says? Understand you're not alone. We have all experienced moments of fear. We need to stop looking at the circumstances around us and fix our eyes on the one who controls it. I must be honest. If you are not saved, if you have never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have a lot to fear. You have a lot to fear. But the good news is, if you are listening, it is not too late. But understand this. If you know the truth, and for some reason you are putting it off, you're just making excuses, I can always do it tomorrow, you are fooling yourself. There is no guarantee of tomorrow. Are you willing to gamble with your eternal destination? So if you have any questions and you want to, uh, someone to pray with you, or, or you just want to know what it's all about to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please ask one of us. We'd be happy to pray with you. We'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. I want to end with verse 31 of this chapter, because I think it sums up all of what I just read all together. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? All these things that we are looking at, all the problems, all the fear that's kicking in. If God is for us, who can be against us? Again, what then shall we say to these things? All those things that we are worrying about. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
is what we should be saying and leaning on. Let us pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.